people, I'm Lou. And I'm Sid. And, and we, we are, are Lucid. Lucid. <laughs> oh, so, Lou, what's up, bro? You. Uh, so, I joined a startup. Yes, I got yes. bored of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got bored in a week and I'm like, okay, enough chilling. <laughs> Let's do something worthwhile. <laughs> Yeah, so tell us about your uh, startup, if it, if that's okay. Uh, like, it's been one week, so I'll just tell about what what, what I've de- done in a week, and then I think later we can uh, talk more cool, about cool, the cool. startup c- culture and stuff. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so, basically, uh, what, one of our friends we met on a track, right, Varshki. <laughs> so... She works in this startup in Chennai called Paper Flight, and uh, she was in uh, what Cisco before. Okay, so Cisco is this big corporate company. You know, everyone loves Cisco because they give too many perks and like too many gifts every quarter and stuff, right? <laughs> and she left that. She was a what what I don't know what role she was. Okay, she was she left that and she joined this putty startup. Okay, in uh-huh. Chennai, uh-huh. as a business development executive, and. Uh, so uh, I asked her, you know, how's the company and all that stuff. And she told me, you know, the company is uh, brilliant because the founders, right? Mm-hmm. So they have three founders and stuff. And the founders are very uh, uh, what open and transparent in what they do. And when they're telling uh, the people in their uh, company as to what, uh, uh, yeah, as uh, what to do, they are very clear on it, right? Okay. If they assign you a job, they'll tell you clearly what to tell. There's no that ambiguity for you to wait or, you know, ask other people or stuff. You'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's really nice. Okay. And then I'm like, oh, do you think I can get an internship for two months? Because I am jobless for two months. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what kind of role do you want? Okay. Uh, I'm like, uh, see, I'm going to Duke for uh, engineering management. So... I think uh, I would want a product management role, okay? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, we don't have a product a product role itself, okay? Mm-hmm. We either have sales, marketing, or business development on the non-technical side. Or on the technical side, it's all the front-end, back-end developer and all that stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, then fine, okay? But then she's like, okay, send your resume in. I'll just send it to them if they can take a call, okay? She sent a resume, okay? After sending a resume, she asked me, okay, like, what do you mean by product management? What do you, like, you know, if uh, you you were to come into the company, what would you do? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, I told, like, you know, I'll help manage the team, like, the, what, development, testing, and design, and business, and all that stuff. Like, I'll be, like, a center point kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And help with their, uh, uh, what do you say, product roadmap and all that stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, She's like, okay, cool, you know, let them know. And then, uh, so this was uh, two weeks ago, Tuesday. Okay, Tuesday, I sent resume, I told her this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, next day, she uh, she texts me, she's like, okay, uh, you'll get a call from this one guy, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, uh, on Thursday. I didn't get a call. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, maybe, obviously, they don't have a product management role. I don't think they, they have any interest, okay. And then on Friday... Uh, remember, we went and got uh, uh, injected, uh, uh, vaccinated, yeah. no. So, after after I come back, uh, so basically, I am going to bath, okay? I'm in my towel, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then, I'm like, going to bath and suddenly one call comes, okay? Huh. I thought it was spam and it was going to cut, but then I'm like, okay, it's it from Chennai. Like, true huh. caller told it, it was from Chennai. So, I picked it up, he's like, hi, I'm, uh, yeah, like, hi, I'm from Paperflight. And, uh, you know, uh, Vashi sent us your resume and, you know, what are you looking for and stuff. I told you, I'm looking for a two-month thing. And then he asked if, I, if I'm looking for full-time roles and all that stuff. Huh. Okay, I told I don't know because uh, huh. the situation in India is very bad. <laughs> so, I can't say anything now and all I told. Okay. And he's like, okay, cool. Do you have prior experience? Huh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any prior experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, and like the tone of how he was replying, it was very like, ha, okay, like just for the sake of uh-huh. continuing conversation types. And then he finished. Okay. And then he told me, if, uh, if you want to take it forward, we'll set up a call with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I'm like, okay, pakka, no call, definitely no call. Okay. <laughs> 
and then in the night before i'm going to sleep uh so that friday like my head was spinning uh-huh. because i got vaccinated and stuff no like i was going to sleep and then just before i was going to sleep varshni texts me okay she's like i see that you have a meeting with uh, these two guys from paper flight and stuff and i'm like ah what <laughs> i didn't get any message okay and <laughs> like, what is this and then she's like oh shit and then maybe the their message didn't come through to uh-huh. my mail or something and then she sent me the uh what link and all okay bro most under prepared i was because i did not know there was a meeting uh-huh, uh-huh. and after that i was sick so like uh, head was spinning i couldn't you know do anything and then the next day uh, next day again what uh, yeah 10 o'clock or something uh, that guy calls me up okay it's like we've set up a meeting for 11:30 are you okay obviously i told yes only uh, uh-huh. like what else to do <laughs> Uh, so yeah and then uh, 11:30 they what they what that guy who who called me and uh, the co-founder of the company both of them uh, called me uh, what had a meeting with me it was about half an hour 45 minutes okay mm-hmm. so first they asked me, asked me about what i did till now and stuff and then they asked me what would you do if you come into the thing okay so i basically i'm like okay mostly i'm not going to get this i will just be honest and tell what exactly i want from them and stuff okay and then after that uh, they were like okay cool you know if uh, if uh, what we let you know in some time as to what uh, what what the status is and stuff okay i'm like yeah sure if peace you know thank you for the interview and like in my mind i'm like pakka i'm not getting okay <laughs> bro two hours later they call me up they're like okay bro uh, what uh, uh, you've selected you as an intern for two months and then uh, based on your performance we'll give you full time and all that stuff and then uh yeah you know you can start from monday i'm like bro what is the speed okay <laughs> like never have i seen so much speed in life wow crazy crazy and i mean this is so relatable for me bro like the same kind of like you know that same kind of give up feeling came up during texas instruments interview for me and uh, it just yeah but it's too good too good when that happens you know the best part about yeah. why why that is good okay in a sense that you know when you give up and when you give up but then you still give up give your best right that's like the yeah. best uh, best feeling because uh, you end up doing what you actually wanted to do you don't try Correct, to impress yeah. you don't try to you know do what is the thing to be done to get the job instead you do what yeah. you are okay and that 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 works out properly you know for for at least for the both of us it worked out properly yeah <laughs> Yeah, i think mainly awesome. because we do it uh, we do it without expectations you know? so that like, authenticity comes out <laughs> when we are talking and i mean in the beginning itself right your first call when you told them uh, when he asked you uh, about what you wanted and then you told two months and then when he asked why you you told him exactly that you know this yeah, is the case and all gave him clarity I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that clarity is very important like i mean people who who initially end up saying yeah i came for internship but then if you are if you are open for full time and then you immediately say ha 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 yeah 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 that yeah. gives like what wait is this guy not clear with what he wants so this is Correct. this is good this is good yeah guys uh, take notes from our boy sid over here he's a bit uh, good guy uh, and <laughs> he is at interviewing one, and stuff <laughs> one more thing i wanted to tell was uh, after the thing okay like after the after they told uh, you know you are selected and all this stuff I was a bit skeptical okay on one thing mm-hmm. like you know generally what companies do is you know they what uh, they'll tell you okay you know you, you come in for this uh, what uh, we are okay with this and they give you a completely different role mm-hmm. right like you know yeah. Uh, yeah. i thought they might they might give me a different role because they've never had a product management uh, uh, full time person or a intern or anything okay uh-huh. so I, so when i when they sent their letter of uh, intent i saw okay bro it is product management intern i was so happy when they put that title i was like fuck i am paying like you no know, so many dollars to go to a course in us <laughs> to get the same role and i already got it here why am i going and doing masters <laughs> so yeah so uh, sid uh, what like, so, would you want right hmm. now now that you got this internship okay uh, just a hypothetical right. question so uh-huh. you get imagine you get this job okay after the internship you you do really well and then you get this job okay they offer you the full time okay and right. would you defer your 
college to next year or would you would you would you go this year uh i think i would still go bro okay. so the reasoning behind it is uh, for me masters was never uh, a reason for uh, changing jobs okay mm-hmm. because uh, in my mind i always knew if i wanted to change jobs i can always leave my current job uh what prepare or you know like whatever field i want to i will work uh, like i will learn by myself for 6 to 6 to 6 months to 1 year and then i definitely know i could get a change in job mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so my main reason to go to go go outside for masters was to basically understand how the world works okay till now i only know how india works how what's the mentality of people here but i never know how it works outside right mm-hmm. so that's my main purpose of going for a masters so yeah i i nice. i still go nice nice so yeah good that you have clarity there also <laughs> <laughs> okay that wasn't the point of this podcast let's uh, come back to the actual topic. <laughs> okay so where did we leave it off last time bro uh, uh the kashmiri film ha so movie. we were discussing movie and in that yeah you asked me about this uh, kashmiri film and then yeah we went into the details of that so the idea of the previous podcast and this podcast is to talk about the obsession or the current journey of uh, how i'm looking at films or how i'm rediscovering films um, itself so with that with where we left off that was movie um i came across this one film which was their film of the day one of the days uh, i guess huh. two months back or something um this film was called the sacrifice and it was by this person named andre tarkovsky okay okay um and uh, that day luckily enough i had uh, what do you call not much work so i finished off by 5:30 okay so mm-hmm. i had like 3 hours time with me and uh, instead of doing any like you know studying for work or anything else so instead of doing anything all that i was like you know what or read a book i was like uh, let's watch this movie um because i anyways like russian literature okay because uh, i've read mm-hmm. a few russian literature books so they're they're astoundingly good uh, in terms of how they talk about human emotions and the amount of depth that they have with uh, you know understanding of the human behavior right so and that really interests me so i was like you know what let's just give this uh, movie a shot because their their synopsis of the movie also was damn good okay it was like uh, okay. uh, the synopsis uh, okay i don't know if i'm going to say the exact synopsis but the st- but the plot okay. what it was written there was um, there was sorry to interrupt huh uh so you're talking about russian literature no which mm-hmm. book should you read oh so many uh, okay not so many also but uh, okay <laughs> uh, i've read war and peace um, huh. by leo tolstoy and then i've read uh, one day in the life of ivan denisovich which is by okay which is by the author who wrote uh, gulaga uh, alexander solzhenitsyn and then i've okay. read uh, a few books by fyodor dostoevsky uh, one is the notes from underground and crime and punishment uh, okay yeah i mean oh yeah i remember you talking about crime and punishment yeah okay. so so these i guess are the four books i guess i might have read more i don't remember uh, but okay. yeah these four just came to my head just now so uh, so these are some of the books i've read uh, russian literature mm-hmm. so Uh, when i read the plot or the synopsis of this which was written right. in movie right so it was basically it told um, it's a story about this uh, middle aged guy who has a wife and a kid and uh, basically the world it's an hypothetical situation where the world has gone into world war 3 okay mm-hmm. um, and um, he lives in this some place in europe i think paris some, somewhere in france i am not sure i don't i forgot the place but then he lives there and um, he he's uh, basically very he's a rich aristocratic fellow and this is happening in some time i guess 1980s somewhere there 1970 1980 so uh, world war 3 is, is is just about to begin begin and people are already traumatized with the effects of world war 1 and 2 okay mm-hmm. and this man is like totally upset um, that you know world war 3 is going to happen and so he basically strikes a deal with god um in that you know okay. he prays one night and then that night when the war is 
going to begin and then he prays that you know if you stop this uh, war from happening okay then i will i will give up everything that is dear to me in my life okay and then mm-hmm. the next day morning when he wakes up the war is not there anymore okay and oh, then okay. he takes this so personally that you know god has done it for Spoken me so me. it's my side of the uh, of the part where i need to do my sacrifice that is i need to give up everything and that is yeah. where the rest of the movie is all about so does he does he actually give up everything or does he not and what does it take and how much strong, how strong is his belief so this is his, is this is the movie okay and i watched it okay at that night and i was mind blown bro because first thing mm. okay if this synopsis was not given to me i would have not understood huh. the movie at all okay first oh. first and foremost <laughs> yeah i would not oh. have understood the movie at all if the synopsis was not given to me and that too because the synopsis was given i understood a part of the movie that you know this is the sequence of events and this is how things are happening and this is how things are playing out uh-huh. even after having that much of synopsis and after understanding only so much i i didn't understand a majority of the film and the ideas that it is discussing okay and but uh-huh. but the important thing was that movie just it was running in my head like throughout the night throughout the night mm-hmm. the next day day after it was just playing in my head again and again and again i mean things that i didn't understand or things that i understood many different aspects of the movie right just kept playing in my head in on repeat okay and the mm-hmm. characters were so uh, well out, especially the main character uh, and then i was like you know what this 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 movie is staying so much in my head i need to do something about it i need to go research about it okay and learn right. something yeah. more about the movie that's when i read online that this was the last movie by this director okay and uh, also uh, i watched a few video essays on this movie and that's when mm-hmm. i truly started understanding oh okay this is what the movie plot line actually is and this is what the ideas are getting discussed in the movie and i was like already mind blown without understanding enough and then this like you know really i was like whoa this is this is next level i mean this man Correct. could yeah. tell a movie in 2 hours and discuss so many so many ideas so many things okay and uh, i really got hooked on to this guy andre tarkovsky and i was like you know oh. what i need to watch another film of this guy just to see you know how much more can this guy actually give this is the last film so it's probably his best that's what i thought correct and then right. uh, i was like okay let's see what movies are there online and then before that when i was doing this youtube search right <laughs> coincidentally you know this channel called nerd writer have you heard of it mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. nerd writer is this uh, youtube channel where this with this one dude um, who basically discusses all kinds of art art uh, you know philosophy and art or anything mm-hmm. science related also so very very good channel highly recommend it because his videos are you know very beautifully crafted and uh, okay. very very nicely made so his mm-hmm. on that same day i think two days later or something uh, he had put up a video uh, 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 discussing andre tarkovsky's uh, one film uh, and the climax scene of that one film called nostalgia okay okay that movie and i was like whoa i like this channel okay and he's talking about this yeah. guy who i just watched two days back and he's playing in my head so i know immediately clicked on that video it is like this uh, 15 minute video 12 to 15 minute video and then the video was just most of the video was this one clip it's like a 10 minute clip from this movie it's just one single take shot okay 10 minutes long this is one man who's walking from one end of uh, a, a, a courtyard to the other end of a courtyard with a with a candle in his hand okay okay and okay. i'll i'll explain more about the scene but uh, in this video he was basically explaining what this director has done with this one scene and it was so moving bro like as in just the video yeah. and him explaining it um, with with the concepts that this this director has has done i was like shocked and i was like you know what next movie is this only and then that <laughs> weekend came uh, friday night and then i was like you know uh, saturday morning anyways i'll wake up late and uh, friday night i just plugged it in uh, it's there on youtube so the movie nostalgia and oh, almost okay. all his movies are there on youtube that's that's great oh, okay. uh, for free of free of yeah. cost uh, easy to watch so uh put put in this movie nostalgia start watching hmm. 
oh my god again mind blown bro okay and this time the mind blowing thing was uh, again like the previous yeah. one i didn't understand it completely and this was mind blowing to me because um, whatever movies we do watch today right uh, yeah. everything you have to understand it because otherwise uh, you think what shitty ass movie it is most of the time it's like if the movie has certain certain things in it that that make no sense okay then you end up automatically thinking this this, this is like illogical and it makes no sense yeah, but yeah. here in this guy's movies right each scene is episodically making sense okay but as you put them mm. all together right they don't quite make a lot of sense in your head and then you're just you're just thinking wait what is happening wait you can understand the logical sequence of things but you don't understand why what is happening for what is the purpose of the things that are happening oh but then okay. once you finish the movie it continuously plays in your head and it's this kind of i don't know this dissonance that plays in your head right that's it's you don't understand it but it's it's continuously playing in your head and i don't know how he achieves that it's it's incredible how yeah. he achieves that okay and uh, yeah. then i was like uh, okay but the 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 scene that was playing in my head continuously was the climax scene one reason was because nerd writer in his own way he explained what he felt about it okay and then after watching the movie i felt about it in my own way right and so that climax yeah. scene was just like in my head like whoa whoa and then um, i again watched a few uh, video essays on that movie yes, and then yes. i was like you know oh, what yes, yes, time yes. to time to watch all of his films okay and then <laughs> i went on this spree of watching his three other films uh, mirror uh, then solaris and stalker uh, i still have okay. two more films of his to watch which is andre rublev and ivan's childhood those are his first two films and i watched okay. all of the rest of it i went from the last to from going from the last to the first so okay. um very i mean each of these films right slowly and steadily i started understanding a little bit more so if i was understanding was like 40% in the previous ones slowly 50% to 60% right. i was understanding mm-hmm. still not full 100% like it's it it felt like it's impossible it's, to understand 100% so after watching each of those movies i would go and search up some video essays and these video essays are also very subjective okay they take in uh material from what he has written and material from you know what they understand and then they make up the the video essay and then from one of those video essays i realized that this fellow has written a book two three books one mm-hmm. book which is like uh, which is frequently called out is this book called sculpting in time okay and this mm-hmm. was the phase where i was about to finish 1984 uh the book about oh, uh, the uh, dystopian world uh, written by george orwell right. so i was about to finish it and then i was like i'm going to finish this and my my next book plan was to read uh, the jordan read peterson's uh, new book uh, oh, which was uh, beyond, beyond order, order. Uh, right 12 more rules right. for life so i was was planning on reading that i bought the book also um, but then uh, because my interest in this guy became so much right i was like you know what push this uh, peterson's book aside let's pick this one up mm-hmm. and then i uh, checked online if this book is available it was not available and it, they need to import oh. it and all but then i was like you know i want to read it now so what do i do and then i just checked yeah. this archive.org or something where they had the book in pdf so just downloaded that pdf and then i started reading it hmm. and oh my god now i understand why these movies were playing in my head uh, for so long even though i didn't understand them slowly as i'm reading i'm 30% into the book and Uh, this okay. is this, this understanding is coming in because i think the fundamental understanding of what i think art is okay and uh, what this person perceives art is and the way he constructs images uh, or uh, or things in his movies right uh, uh, scenes in his movies mm-hmm. are very right. similar to my fundamental beliefs okay um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like i never had the ability to articulate them properly or you know uh, make sense of what i really enjoyed okay watching hmm. and uh, once this guy articulated it so well right that's when i'm like oh my god okay i mean i'm relating to this like i can actually right. relate to what he's talking about and it's making so much sense mm-hmm. to me and then and this was like wow i i i really need to explore this guy more so then more. like this this book i started reading it's a difficult book bro it's so difficult to read like every paragraph i read right my mind will wander away okay and then i have oh, to like again yeah, yeah. read that same paragraph it, it happens yeah, right yeah. to certain books it just happens yeah, yeah. 
most of the time we just throw these kind of books away as you know call them off as boring because we don't right, understand right. them but then i think the fact that we need to put in effort to understand it says a lot about these people who write such books or you know make such mm-hmm. films so um i was like you know what this every every paragraph in the beginning at least i had to read like 10 10 times to be able to make sense of it and then mm-hmm. this is when i moved forward so yeah so that uh, before that sorry hmm. uh so you talking about fundamental beliefs of what of your of art no uh-huh. like how you relate to him so like one thing is because it's so hard to read his book it also makes sense why you couldn't articulate right like your right. fundamental right. beliefs of the art right. i guess so yes that makes sense so uh, let's take let's start from there you know what uh, so yeah. let's start with um, what the book uh, what the book is and uh, where the book that starts off and maybe what uh, i think to understand yeah, his yeah. movies itself right we need to understand mm-hmm. what he defines as art and uh, you know how uh, that is where the uh, the ideas for his film stems out right so let's discuss that so uh, the book's name is sculpting in time okay, huh. um, okay. and basically the idea that the main idea that he discusses in the book is how films are a way to you know uh, mold time okay um, so mm-hmm. let's uh, okay let's start off with uh, what he what is the definition of art so uh, to get into his films right i mean i didn't uh, get into his films like this but then i think i felt i had a predisposition of thinking that way so that's where right. i started liking it so to understand or to delve into his films i think we need to have this frame of mind to be able to get into it so this frame of mind is basically how you define art so many people okay. define art in different ways right so and it's important to find a most generalistic definition so that everything can fit into it this is what is you know uh, this it's called the socratic method of thinking i'm reading this another book simultaneously with this book it's called uh, the story of philosophy okay and oh, this other book uh, it's by will durant okay Um, very uh-huh. gra- it's considered one of the greatest uh, historians who was capable to you know uh, put the entire not the entire obviously uh, as much as he could the amount of philosophy into one single book so uh, he Damn. starts off from socrates and then he goes on mm-hmm. until nietzsche which is like 90 80 and no, sorry 20th century uh, uh, thinkers right. okay um so uh, yeah basically that book starts with socrates right and then he talks about um, socratic thinking which is basically asking questions for everything and then getting a definitive definition for each of those things okay so okay. that's the same way this guy approaches art also okay and it's like this uh, this cool thing happens you know when you're reading two books which are like uh, which aren't really talking about the same things but then in your mind while you're reading them they start to make you're sense relating them. you're relate you relate yeah, those yeah. two books together so yeah. uh, you have to okay to define art you need to put that socratic method of thinking so you need to question okay. everything that what you think art mm-hmm. is and what is this art is this art and then you make a general definition so this guy's definition of art is uh, mm-hmm. basically uh, wait let's let's just look at the book i think he does it better than uh, for how <laughs> i i could probably say it okay um okay um art is a creative force uh, i i'm not saying the exact words i'm going to say it in my way uh, so art okay. is the creative force that exists within uh, within a person to find uh, or to to master the world okay yeah that's the best way to say it so um, art is this creative force that is within a person uh, so that he is able to master the world okay um and okay. by mastering the world we are talking about mastering himself because for each person the world is the, is, the things that are is, around him and it's what's happening right. within him so uh, we can crudely relate mastery of the world to mastery of the person himself so so art is like a way to do that that is his definition so if you pinpoint it out to him art is more than uh, more than you know just uh, making a statement it's more than you know a political statement or anything it's it's something deeply spiritual okay so it is like you know you um, are finding something about yourself 
and uh, as you are doing that this art just suddenly pops up or this the ideas that you're trying to bring into screen mm. comes into picture um and it just doesn't have to be just the screen his uh, definition of art like i said from the socratic method of thinking it needs to be applicable to everything so according to him paintings literature music all of these are spiritual undertakings okay so they mm. are done and artist the artist a person who calls himself the artist right inevitably has to do it because there is this spiritual inclination in him which drives him right. to to ensure he does you know or get in, gets into this any of these art forms because he there is this right. internal drive in him to find about find out about himself so this is how he so defines that, huh. uh, 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 what does spiritual inclination means right uh, on in a basic way <sighs> it's it's a difficult question said okay uh i mean i think i'm still too basic to answer that from my end but uh how i think you know. okay how what yeah. i think spiritual inclination would mean is are you sensitive enough to um uh, understand what you actually want i guess that would be one thing mm-hmm. and uh, that's just one facet of spirituality and another thing is how connected i guess you feel with the world and what see if you get this question every day or or almost like every week or something okay if you get this question of what's the meaning of life okay <laughs> if you continuously get this existentialist or if you get lot of existentialist questions right that means i guess you have a spiritual inclination uh, right you want to find answers you want uh, yeah if you if you're generally a very curious person right you can take two different direction one is the scientific direction and one is the artistic or the spiritual aesthetic direction so uh, i think uh, every scientist or uh, or um, spiritual person is in the end of philosopher so they are people who just ask questions and they are trying deeply and sincerely to find answers to those questions one is trying it to do trying to do it in the physical realm and one is trying to do it in the metaphysical realm so um, right. one is trying to master the mind so nowadays right uh, we are we are closing in on the direction where both science and philosophy Correct. or science and spiritual spirituality are are getting closer and closer to uh, to each other and also to finding the truth in that uh, initial days right all these philosophers and these um, these spiritualists right they were always talking about what is happening inside yourself right and all the scientists mm-hmm. were talking about what is happening outside you right and yeah. if you think about it like th- that's the most uh, i think cl- clearest definition is scientists are thinking about what's happening beyond you and people uh, spiritual yeah, people are talking about what's happening within you so nowadays if you look at it spiritual people are also thinking about what's happening outside and you know how it relates to what's happening inside and even the scientists are doing the same thing talking about what's happening inside and how it relates to outside and you know Correct. we are yeah. we are building more and more on the science of you know uh, neuroscience and what's happening in your brain and um though <clears throat> scientists are uh, you know adamant on talking about the fact that everything can be answered physically um mm-hmm. i personally think that you know not everything can be answered physically so i think uh, that is where spirituality kicks in and it's it's this portion of um, not knowing something and you are continuously trying to know that and i think right. uh, if you are uh, a person who defines morality and if you if you mm-hmm. sincerely believe that certain things are right and certain things are wrong and uh, it not just because people have told you that these are the cases that certain things are right and certain things are wrong or not just because the law tells you that this is the case but you personally mm-hmm. feel within you within your soul that certain things are supposed to be right and certain things are supposed to be wrong then i guess you are morally inclined then i guess you are spiritually inclined so right. i think those are few ways to tell i mean see I, i'm very very basic into all these things so. yeah yeah understood yeah um, was that satisfactory <laughs> was that satisfactory no yeah i just like basically wanted to understand like how spiritual inclination is related to art so understood makes sense okay <laughs> i mean he he tells it way better i mean uh, i'm not able to find the correct pages uh, but uh, he definitely okay. makes it uh, much more clear wait let's just let's just if i let's just open one page see random page i'll open okay, uh, okay. one of the clippings uh, oh, so in kindle you you can you can uh, you know open this part right. called clippings right so in that clippings right, i'll right. open one random page let's uh, quickly do that 
Oh, this is interesting. Okay. <laughs> Imagine it gives the answer you are asking for. Bro, that'll be insane, bro. I am pretty sure it will. I'm pretty sure it will because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, this is story of philosophy. Let's just open Ando podcast three. Okay. Okay, I'm excited. Let's see. <laughs> Sorry, it's still. Huh. Okay. Loading. Huh. <coughs> I'll read it exactly as how we talk, talked about it okay and I think it it does wow. uh, it does relate to what you asked okay this is awesome oh damn okay, okay. come so, on <laughs> <clears throat> the allotted function of art is not as it's often assumed to put across ideas to propagate thoughts to serve as example the aim of art is to prepare a person for death to plow and harrow his soul rendering it capable of turning to good touched by a masterpiece a person begins to hear in himself the same call of truth which prompted the artist to his creative act when a link is established between the work and his beholder the latter experiences a sublime purging trauma within that aura which unites masterpieces and audiences the best side of our soul is made known and we long for them to be freed in those moments we recognize and discover ourselves the unfathomable depths of our own potential and the furthest reaches of our emotions it's difficult to understand no <laughs> it's difficult to understand <laughs> but uh, but okay i think basically what he's talking about is yeah like i said right what he what i previously said it's not ju- art's function is not to just make a statement it's it's that right. is what is usually often assumed that you know um, art should be something that you know tells you something that you already know okay and it needs to make a point saying this is what it's supposed to be this is what is right and this is what Correct. is wrong but you already know certain things or or you or you are you, you know it in the wrong direction maybe uh, according to the mm-hmm. filmmaker but right. that is not the just the allotted function of art its aim is to prepare a person for death and to plow and harrow his soul rendering it capable of turning to good basically that's the thing right uh, what how do you how do you define spirituality bro in the end if of your spiritual search you need to be okay with you know dying or you need to be like you know that's, right, that's yeah. one of the factors of uh, spirituality right um, correct, to be correct. able to make friends with death N- not mm. that you need to go and uh, pursue death that is not the case of what philosophy said i think uh, spirituality right. is but it is that when death comes you need to be okay with it so such a kind of thinking is what drives him to you know make his own to art uh, artworks and he also says right um, there needs to be this inclination for a person who is watching the film okay uh, this particular frame of mind uh, to be able to understand the film or to be able to connect with the film uh, for with at least mm-hmm. this films or or with films that are exploring uh, you know spiritual concepts or uh, stuff like that so yeah um, i think that's 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 the idea of right. um, art and now let's talk about sculpting in time the book title itself so he right. further goes huh. on to um, now that he's defined art <clears throat> he mm-hmm. talks about is film art okay so okay. um if you think about it right m- uh, let's talk about indian mainstream commercial cinema okay if huh. you take indian mainstream commercial cinema like you know uh, any any uh, fun or bollywood movie, or bollywood or Tom, fun tamil movie, movies fun tamil yeah. movies i love those first of all let me preface by saying i love those movies okay they just too much fun <laughs> yeah. i mean we got to accept the yeah, fact yeah. that they give us major entertainment there there are lots of fun to watch okay you won't realize how Correct. the 2 hours went away right right so, yeah but if you take these into account does the filmmaking aspect in itself hold any art artistic value okay what i mean by that is um if you take film uh, in this particular movies cases they are an amalgamation of writing which is literature okay then uh, acting dramatics okay then uh, music um, and uh, the image or the painting itself okay uh, pa- painting right. art okay so are they just the am- is film just an amalgamation of these four to five things that are already present okay are which are the other art forms or is film an art in itself okay this is a question that has been debated for for as long as films have begun okay so because they say uh-huh. that there are only six art forms 
Okay. Okay. Uh, initially, they said there are just six mm-hmm. art forms, which are I, I don't remember the exact ones, but I think it's it's music, it's dance, it's dramatics, it's uh, painting, and two more uh, others. I, whatever I missed mm. out. Okay, guys, just Google it. So, uh, they say that initially there are only these six art forms, and filmmaking is relatively new, right? And um, most people don't are not able to fathom anything beyond the amalgamation that filmmaking is giving you anything beyond the amalgamation of these things but this guy makes it clear uh, that film in itself is its own art form okay and uh, that is why most people uh, not most people at least there is this divide between the or at least all critics of films right who are very interested in films would like to call it the seventh art okay and that mm-hmm. is where now today's world we say there are seven art forms and the last the seventh one is film is cinema is Okay. okay, so this guy he basically defines what is the artistic value in cinema according to him. I mean, uh, there can definitely be variations, right? And I am also very limited in the amount of film knowledge that I have, so I'm just gonna say what he thinks of it, and I think it's a very valid point. Okay, so to understand it, we need to first look at the first film that was ever made. Okay, do you know? Hmm. Do you know, Sid? Uh, which was the first? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's it was by this. Um, two brothers called the lumiere i think they're called lumiere uh, lumiere brothers they're from france okay, oh, okay. Uh, french people uh, they basically uh, made or developed the video camera okay and oh, uh, they oh, had okay. their factory there's this train factory and the first ever film that was made okay was basically mm. a train coming out of this factory while a lot of people are you know walking around and all and then the train just comes mm. towards the camera and then it takes a turn and goes away this is the film oh. that's all the film the first film ever was was made was this okay. mm. and uh, <clears throat> and that film could not be played more than 3 4 times so they had to uh, because the film would get uh, burnt out R- okay. uh, right so right. Uh, listen to this okay the first time they played this film on the big screen okay mm. the audience is sitting there okay they ran away from the hall because the train was coming towards them on oh. the okay oh okay like i mean when yeah. you think about it how revolutionary was that okay because see today we take film for granted right things happen Correct. on yeah. film we don't really see it that way okay but imagine i mean the first time you watched a film how excited were you yeah. okay when you were a kid um so yeah yeah you thought things that happened there were actually happening in real life okay yeah exactly exactly right yeah. so that is the quality of film okay which is the most artistic thing about the film so basically it is a record of actual time said so it's mm. like um if photography uh, basically captures an instant in time okay film mm. basically captures a period in time of time yeah of time okay so take the first film for example th- there's a train coming and going okay and people are walking about now that part of time which was captured back then that particular date that particular time whatever 8 am or something the right. last 10 or 5 minutes of time is forever etched now no it's it's there in digital platform you can go and watch it on youtube now and you will be really able to relive those 5 minutes once again okay right yeah mm-hmm. that is the essence of the filmic uh, of the artistic quality of film okay Films, it is that yeah. we can record time okay we can mold time so if you take films today right they take different shots okay they take different sequences different scenes different shots which are basically different time stamps right so i take mm-hmm. a shot today okay um, and then i take uh, basically sh- another shot of another oh let's let's put it this way okay if i record my life throughout my uh, throughout mm-hmm. my uh, life for like 10 years or something every instant right. of my life for 10 years okay and then once that is done i edit it into a segment of 2 hours okay i am giving uh-huh. you 2 hours worth of 10 years of my life i have basically right, yeah. sculpted time i have basically molded time so if you take a sculptor uh, okay if you take a sculptor he uh, would take a big block of marble okay and then and he would just chip out the parts that he does not want okay correct, and then he yeah, would yeah. he would then finally give you this beautiful sculpture right that is what right, filmmaking yeah. is and that is why his title is sculpting in time i was sculpting mind blown bro it's beautiful oh, the way he writes is so is so uh, moving it's really moving if you're really interested in film right you will find this like wow i mean why did i never think of this before like when the realization it's right. right you feel 
uh, ugly inside because <laughs> you call yourself you know you like films okay you really love watching it but then such things such nuances you never sit and you never go and think Thought about, about it. it and yeah. uh, when when people like this tell you about it right that's when you actually mm-hmm. put put your mind you put your hat thinking hat on and then you're like you know right. what i should not take things like things for granted i mean i really need to put some thought the socratic method see said okay we all mm. need to strive to ask questions said okay we all yeah, need to be I philosophers said. we all need to not we sh- all need to stop accepting opinions as they are right and right. i think yeah. i think that's very important in today's world also with with social media yeah. <laughs> any person who puts up a very nice design looking post right people just automatically accept it's true correct yeah and we need they're to stop like that. intuitively they think yeah, yeah yeah so correct uh so that is what he talks about the artistic part in film is right awesome right um, <laughs> that that explanation of uh, you know how the title came about really was mind blowing i'm like the book would have be i think would be amazing <laughs> yeah it is it is um uh and then he also dwells into you know how in his he wrote the book i think in like 1970s or 1980s i don't remember uh, i think yeah 1970s mm-hmm. i guess so he dwells into how his contemporaries certain people okay who are making commercial cinema okay back then also commercial cinema existed right correct so he talks about uh, you know um, how there's those cinema does not really involve the audience in the cinema because they give out the facts as they are i mean um it's like there is no involvement of the audience i mean this is beyond the scope of uh, it being an art or not okay because uh-huh. it filmmaking in itself as an art it's just recorded time so every film that that there is there is in a way an art okay is in a art, way an right, art. Yeah. but he dwells into how that art can be made more pristine more spiritual okay how how can you delve into the spiritual part of it So he says that such commercial films right they are just talking or blatantly giving out all the facts to the audience right there is no involvement from the audience to participate in the film and mm. that has become so widespread today okay it's become so widespread today that anything that is that goes out of this um, out of the context of you know logical uh, how right. how do you say it um, uh, does this make sense kind of films right Uh, anything that right, right. jars away from it we automatically call it boring or it does not make sense if it does not make sense it automatically becomes boring because then your mm. mind just like wanders and Can you're it, not yeah. really participating because you've stopped participating altogether because of how how much amount of film is there out there which which stops you from participating because they are giving you everything right out there on your face yeah right true. so he says uh, why it is important to involve your audience and how you can do it because see his films right when you're watching it there are segments in it which you might find very boring okay but then you will never leave the screen i don't know how he does that oh. but then you're involved you're trying to figure out what's oh. happening okay and then uh-huh. you're 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 seeing i don't make this doesn't make sense what's happening you're irritated okay shit is happening uh-huh. i mean mainly you you don't understand it because i mean you you stopped trying to understand films at all right your mind is not right. thinking in that way anymore your mind is degenerated in a sense right and uh-huh. then but you are still forcing yourself to participate right that hmm. participative nature needs to come back in films is what he he is talking about okay and uh, there needs to be the segment of filmmakers who are trying to do that is what he says but the problem is right said um film is uh, is a big uh, is a big thing like you know a lot of people get involved in it and um, you know there is a person there are a lot of stakeholders there are a lot of stakeholders and there is one main person okay the producer who is actually shelling out his money okay to to help right. you make your film right and um, it's it's basically a business and we were discussing about this a few days back right uh, art for yourself is art art for others is business hmm. right that's what you, s- you said uh, who who said it right. that you told uh, navel ravikant Ra- navel ravikant yeah so yeah. Uh, uh, right so that is an interesting view point because it it clearly points out to what film has become it is it is a business it is a form of business today and nothing right. wrong about it because see artists have to earn their their bread yeah. and butter <laughs> and they need to really eat i mean it's very easy for for me to sit here and say that you know all movies are all shit now because they're all business oriented films but you also have to take into account how uh, important it is that every person can feed their family okay 
so correct yeah but uh, there still uh, i feel that there needs to be this uh, people right in the artistic community I, at least if if you have enough money that you have uh, there are a few people who have become earned. so big right yeah. uh, who, who have earned enough money that they need to really uh, start involving themselves in this artistic pursuit that they can make one or two films in probably a span of 5 to 6 years okay uh, or even 10 years for that matter just make two films in 10 years which are actually very very artistic oriented which you know uh, right. try to involve the audience as much as uh, like involve as in you know make the audience participate in your in your in your film now certain people confuse participation in film with with clichés okay so what i mean by mm-hmm. that is so in a film right if you take um, um like a breakup scene if it's happening in a film um uh, two the, the the two lovers are on opposite sides of a fence okay mm. that that is like when you look at it you clearly understand ha okay what the filmmaker is trying to say in the scene is that ha they are yeah. divided now so there is a cut in between them so that's the fence <laughs> okay <laughs> it's it's pretty clear but that is not what we are talking about you know participating uh, Partis- in the film right as the filmmaker puts his pieces out and tries to fix the jigsaw puzzle the audiences also need to put their pieces in and try to fix the jigsaw puzzle and you can see that throughout this guy's films bro like uh, i'll just give hmm. certain few instances okay yeah. one is if you take yeah. nostalgia uh, the climax scene that i was talking about all right Uh, Correct. Yeah, right. Where he goes from one end to the other with a candle, right? Mm-hmm. So the con- some context for that scene. Uh, don't worry, guys. It's not. I don't think it's a spoiler because um, I don't. I don't know if you can spoil this guy's movies. It's just too weird <laughs> to spoil them. <laughs> so uh, if anything, I think it'll help you out while you're watching the movie. So, Understanding the movie. Yeah, <laughs> so um, before this scene, um, there's another very traumatizing scene that happens. Okay, uh, there's uh-huh. this. Uh, I won't say what happens but there's this very traumatizing thing that happens and it is with another main character in the film okay and um, this main character and our protagonist they become there's a scene where they where the friendship buds and it's just one scene where they're discussing and there's a friendship that happens and then this other guy um, the other not the protagonist the other main character he basically tells um, light a candle for me in this courtyard okay and uh, that would be the greatest thing that you can do for me okay basically that's what it boils down to mm-hmm. and then this is the climax scene and both of them are in a way dying okay the pro- protagonist is having some kind of ailment we don't know what ailment it is but it looks like cancer so he's dying okay and the other guy okay. is also went through this traumatic segment where even he is dying okay and uh, so this guy is final act is basically to to do something for this guy that he basically told him so his final act in the movie before he dies okay is that uh, is to is to do something for his friend okay and so what mm-hmm. his friend had asked was light a candle in the courtyard candle uh, right yeah. so he takes this up as a as a physical spiritual challenge to himself to you know light this candle from one end of the courtyard and he makes it a point that the candle needs to be lit throughout if it goes off okay. he has to go from the beginning and start off again okay oh. okay so it's like he starts the, he lights up the candle touches one end of the courtyard starts walking slowly i mean he has to walk slowly he can't walk fast because the candle will go off so then he starts walking slowly to the other end but then it so happens that the candle will go off in the middle so then he mm. has to go back light it up again and then he has to come start walking again and then again the candle goes off in the middle and this time 3/4 of the way is completed but he has to go back again because he is the the significance is not the fact that he is moving with the candle it looks plain stupid without context right right yeah yeah but the the significance of the matter is the fact that this is his last thing that he's do, going to do in his life okay and he wants to do it perfectly perfectly and he wants to ensure that whatever his friend has asked from him he does it perfectly because this is the last thing that he's ever going to do right and right. you can see him degenerating as he moves that because he's dying also as he's doing it so it's not easy for him because he's not able to walk properly he's he's, he's slurring down he's sweating all these things are happening but then he goes back okay lights it up then he comes back walks again now the amount of i don't know how he does it bro but there's no music okay it's just one guy single take shot 
10 minutes long walking from this end to that end this end to that end. if you watch it without context it's bo- plain as boring but if you watch mm. it with context right it's deeply moving and it's very tense the scene itself is very very tense it hooks you up and it like it fucks your mind up basically and then when he finally does go there you feel the sense of relief the same sense of relief that he feels right. that he got it done yeah. oh my god oh hey he's done with it but then you with the sense of relief is the sense of you know sadness that now that he's, he's done he's going to die okay yeah. and then he places it there and then he falls and he dies that's how the movie ends amazing amazing i can't tell you how amazing this guy made that scene okay uh, people definitely needs to watch needs to watch this guy's movies um, yeah. um, i think i am going to watch it after this podcast fuck <laughs> and yeah, then there's i hope i understand <laughs> there's this other movie of his which is probably his most uh, i guess his most famous film it's called the mirror okay it's it's, it's in a mm-hmm. sense his autobiography also um, uh-huh. so that is why i guess it's his most famous but that movie he revolutionized how how you can show memories and dreams okay the movie itself is like it's it's a segment episodic segments of events different events happening okay uh, in the past okay and this this mm-hmm. the main character is like you know is he's fallen sick and he's he's thinking about all the right all the good and bad things he's done in his past that's basically mm-hmm. the movie um and these episodes right i mean when you think about a memory or when you dream about something they don't happen coherently right they don't happen in right. proper yeah. logical sequence correct correct they correct, happen yeah. in a way that you know a particular event is going on and then all of a sudden some bullshit just comes into the picture and right, something yeah, yeah. some <laughs> other thing goes in and something completely different correct. will change bro so beautifully he captures that in film it's it's Damn. it's amazing how he does it like it, it's you are watching a literal memory you are watching a literal dream mm-hmm. that's how it is it's amazing and even in nostalgia there's this one scene nostalgia is basically hmm. the storyline is that this guy uh, the protagonist he's come away from russia and he's gone and he's living in i think i think italy or france i, I don't know i think italy and uh, he's basically mm-hmm. writing he's a writer and he's basically writing uh, this this uh, book about this another poet a painter um, and that's that's basically but he's come out of his country and he's very nostalgic mm-hmm. about his his country okay and that further adds to the downfall of his uh, of his health okay that's that's the story okay. and then no there's this one scene okay in nostalgia hmm. amazing so he enters this house of that friend of his and then his house is ugly so, so badly maintained okay that there is actual mud and all inside the house and you know rain has happened and there's like water leaking inside the house and all okay and then he zooms into that part because this guy looks at it okay and then he zooms into that part so much so that it transformed that mud and water ugliness transforms into a scenery from russia like as in it's like those mud looks like landscapes okay and the water oh. inside looks like a river okay and Fuck. for this guy that ugly thing that he's seeing in this guy's house is reminding him of that beautiful thing in his country in uh, mind blowing right i mean Fuck. it's mind blowing yeah. when 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 a person can make such kind of scenes right absolutely stunning so that is why i said that is why i'm obsessed currently obsessed yeah <laughs> yeah fuck damn bro this some beautiful scenes oh, at least i want to try watching at least one movie yeah, hoping yeah. I, i can mean, understand i think uh, my favorite among all that i watched of his is uh, huh. is nostalgia yeah okay uh, because, um, i don't know if it's because it was the i know i don't know why i don't know why but Mm. it was my favorite but i think each person will have his own favorite because it's Correct. because of the way his films are right like i said it's it's, right. a, it's more of a spiritual thing so each person will connect It'll resonate with, differently yeah. with different people so some people might like this movie called solaris uh, more than anything else because it's purely science fiction um oh. though there is there are i mean the main focus of the movie is is more of the human mind than the science fiction mm. part uh it is purely science fiction movie and so people who are like you know like science more you know uh, more than any other metaphysical thing might end up enjoying solaris more uh, mm-hmm. and if you if you don't want to watch the original which was the russian version of his there 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 is this american remake of the film um, uh, george okay. clooney acted in it so 
few people oh. might find that interesting <laughs> if they want to watch it in yeah. english so yeah right damn bro nice hope uh, people yeah. who like films try to watch these yeah i mean i really think people should give these movies a chance i mean and uh, ha yeah. so why i'm telling all this said is because this obsession <laughs> till now has led me to uh, make it's this vigor to make my own films has come back again i mean this was there during college right. and all but then there college was college times yeah huge segment of time where i you know i just like gave up again i was like fuck that shit kind of feeling came yeah. but then now that i watched this right i finally understood you know the first film or the second film uh, no the first one that i i actually made with in in college right was for this competition okay uh, 50 hour film making challenge and i made this uh, film with collaboration with other people right nagarjun and mm. um, others in college right Shreyan uh, right. so many more so many more in college uh, we made this film called schrodinger's cat okay and right, it was yeah. this uh, it was like things just happened in that movie and uh, i mean i had to explain to people what exactly the film is about right and, and mm-hmm. no one really understood it much and then uh, it was like the i think it was the most uh, lower than basic level of my filming calling because i think these are the mm-hmm. kind of films that i need to be looking at making uh, right uh, it because it resonates with you yeah it resonates with me so i think i think uh, i really need to start putting effort into you know making films and right. i mean i am currently speaking i am not really bound to you know uh, i don't have money for making films i mean in the sense that you mm-hmm. know i i can't really go and ask a producer to give me money so with whatever yeah. i have um, i need to do or make something and it's like it, it is currently it is just a hobby right and i i can go ahead and do anything else I, my, my bread and butter does not depend on art right so right, art yeah. is for me it is it is very purely just uh, you know art itself it's not business for me correct so i don't right. have anything that i can lose or or gain uh, if i if i stop it right so so you can do whatever you want to do also exactly. in your movies exactly. so yeah. i mean even even this guy uh, kind of says it right uh, i mean he doesn't say it directly but then he says that art is um if you have everything unlimited right um if you if you have all the money in the world to make a film or mm-hmm. if, you, if you have every equipment that you have to make a film then you will end up not making a film at all <laughs> because right. because you have so many resources right and then you will just you just not focus on the work that you have but then you'll always be looking at what you can do more you can more or you can do more but then if you are yeah, budgeted yeah. out if you are budgeted out or if you have very limited resources then you will do as much as you can to get to what you with want the to limited do, resources. with the limited resources yeah. so it's the same for paintings also right your painting is limited with the within your canvas right canvas, you cannot make any, yeah. if you had an unlimited canvas then then you will forever make your painting you will never be done with your painting correct right right yeah the same sense makes yeah. sense so damn yeah. bro I hope you still make, uh, keep making uh, those weekly uh, short yeah guys please that. guys go to my youtube channel guys put one subscribe <laughs> guys i'm too sad that i have only 48 subscribers guys please go <laughs> he just wants to be top of the list when, when his name is searched yeah, that's so, all yeah yeah <laughs> exactly so there's this like like 3 4 aditya madhavans on youtube and then this one guy some classical singer aditya madhavan okay he has 169 subscribers and whenever you type aditya madhavan on youtube right it will point out to him i'm so irritating <laughs> it won't my name only won't come bro it's too irritating you have to type the title of one of my videos for for, oh. for you to be able to see my video if you type my name it won't come so frustrating okay. so frustrating so if 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 my if my subscriber reach just crosses 200 i think it will change oh 200 okay i mean i'm just giving some 30 buffer bro <laughs> Yeah, what if he also comes up yeah, in that exactly. time? So, <laughs> if it comes up to 200 then I'll be the first one that you know Aditya Madhavan yeah, bro. Is looking for. So please. Yes. Come what on, if bro. people just go type Aditya Madhavan going and subscribing to that game show of me? I'll become full sad. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, yes, 48 subscribers. So go to that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, bro. Uh, oh this is really interesting. Ha. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Please. at least for me like like i am the guy who just watches films for the commercial aspect like you know entertainment ha, ha, ha. so like uh, like right now like you know even your like both of us when we are reading books or thinking we think about philosophies and stuff right mm-hmm. so to view it from a, a film angle it was really nice so yeah 
I mean, so if you found it good, no said. I mean, I think, I think. So mm. it's like I've always seen if we if we find the podcast to be nice, people find the Can podcast it. to be nice. <laughs> if we find right. the podcast <laughs> to be huh, adding no value, but yeah. I mean, it's fun for us, right? Then I mean, yeah. people still find it fun. But then if we both didn't like the podcast, it won't come. It, it often happens that others also don't <laughs> like the podcast. So yeah, it's good bro. that uh, yeah, you liked it. Yeah, even I kind of. I mean, I obviously enjoyed it. I was talking about something that I really liked. So. Yeah, obsession. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we also know what other topics for the next few episodes also. Right, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we'll just give a. Uh, I'll just tell them what it. Or you want to go tell them what it is. Yeah. No, no, tell bro, tell. Uh, so basically, our boy Sid right is having one dilemma because uh, so many people on LinkedIn are uh, chuma chuma messaging him and telling. Uh, Uh, can you please uh, tell me about uh, GRE, uh, how to apply <laughs> online, all of that uh, process and all. So, um, right, our boy Sid came up with this beautiful idea. I really think it's really good because uh, even I have a lot of questions. And if you're uh, so basically, the idea is uh, to give a complete guide on uh, how to yeah. how to uh, you know crack uh, starting from GRE, um, how to prepare for it, how to do it, and then finally going on to how to apply, which colleges to apply. I think all of it you'll cover everything, right? So right, yeah, yeah. So uh, how much ever he knows, he will be covering. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So we'll be making that also as a two-part sequence. So two parts. And yeah. uh, anyone who asks him, he'll just point them to a podcast so that you know our podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah marketing. <laughs> <laughs> See, bro, we are we are, we are good marketers, bro. <laughs> good, we're good at yeah, bro. <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> awesome, awesome. I, I'm looking forward to the next, bro. Yeah, I, I yeah, bro. End it, huh? End it, please. I'm Lou, and I'm Sid, and we, we are Lucid. <laughs>